Oi, we need to talk about politics. <laughs> there you go, you find the groove now. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Hello and welcome to Hung episode two. We made it. It's we happening. It. We're here. Um, recording from WeWork in Hackney again. Um, my name is Robbie George. Um, with me, Dan Brown. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Jason Ford. Say hello, Jason. Hello. Matt Horrocks. Say hello, Matt. Hello. So, episode number two, thanks for sticking with us, all four of our listeners. <laughs> this episode, we're going to be talking about world politics. So Before we get into world politics, I actually had a fact that I meant to drop in episode one, but didn't. What's that? Did you know Jeremy Corbyn turned 68 yesterday? 68? I, I did mention yeah. it in the group four to five times. Which group? In the, the WhatsApp group. What's that group? Yeah, yeah. the group yesterday, yeah. The, when we changed the group picture to him dabbing, you said it was his birthday. <laughs> Don't tell the podcast that. 68. Yeah, no, oh, sorry, I, just, I thought you were bringing up the fact that... Well, no, I mean, nobody cares it was his birthday. His birthday. Yeah, you did say it was his birthday. Why is it 68? 68 is old. Trump's 71, speaking of world politics. 68? Trump's 71. Yeah. God, he's getting old. God, yeah. Yeah. Macron's well, you I think, I think Bernie Sanders. Well, I think oh, yeah, Bernie Sanders, Sanders is like 109. They don't look that old. I mean, Corbyn doesn't look like a young whippersnapper or anything, but he doesn't look... He doesn't look... Because 68... That's like, in two years, he'll be 70. Pop quiz. <laughs> Understand age. Quiz. How old is May? Ooh, 54? No. 60. 60. Um, Matt, Matt knew that, though, I think. Oh, guys, I'm clued up. Was ambitious. I'm, I'm clued up. Yeah, Matt's, okay. Matt's coming with his facts today. <laughs> today. Different day to the first podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, don't, don't, let him, don't let him behind the curtain. Don't let him behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. This is a different day. So, Hung Episode 2, World Politics. We're going to be talking around some of the issues outside of the UK. We'll talk around the foreign policy of the UK, obviously because that affects the world and how we see it, but we're going to try and avoid domestic domestic stuff, so we're going to be talking about, you know, your Trumps, your Le Pen's, your, your China, Macron, your Chinas. Um, <laughs> so I think we'll just kick it off with um, Trump. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I Did anyone see the, the, the handshake? The yeah, uh, the, handshake. painful. That's that's like, the, who, painful. Who did he do it with the first time? I was doing it with a few people. It's his general, it's his general handshake techers. I don't understand it. It's weird. If, it's, someone, if someone did that handshake in real life, you would drop them. You'd have to fight them, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd, you'd sleep them. Not the really, yeah. I did rate how um, Macron, when he's walking towards him, which is kind of a weird setup in the first place. Um, why is he separated from them all? And why is he, <laughs> and why is he walking yeah. towards them? But anyway, when he is walking towards them, he then he's walking at Trump, but then at the last minute just swerves, says mm. a load of Merkel, a few of the others, and then gets to Trump. And Trump holds his hand out just to say, I'm next. Yeah, and that's when Trump is gives him I, the weird rug grab handshake. I wonder whether Macron wasn't actually trying to party Trump. He, he just realised that it was probably more... Yeah, to go to Merkel first was probably like... But a, just as a byproduct. Yeah, oh, yeah. Which, which everybody which, always enjoys. Yeah. On the note of Pine Trump, have you seen all the Melania Trump um, holding hands clips have been going yeah. There's been like two clips of Trump. Who's Melania? Melina. Melania, Melina. Melina. No, 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 wait. This is Melanie. It's Melanie. I think it's Melanie. No, both. Mate, a newer heart. It's uh, no, basically, when they've been getting off planes, um, Trump's been going to like hold her hand, and she's denied him twice. Yeah. It's been half a joke. So that's um, why she's going for the Pope's hand, right? That yeah, that, that, <laughs> that was fake, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Oh, right. People are that stupid. 
It's like for context, I mean, there's, a, like, there's a clip, there's a clip of the Pope really and Trump meeting, and then the camera like zooms in on the hands, and Trump's like trying to hold the Pope's hand, but someone rejects it. But it's actually, it's, you know, that. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not real. They've it's done it really well. Yeah, like, where'd they get those old people's hands? Like, well, there's no the way the people, didn't they? There's no way the old people made that video. No, Just, no, 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 no. So do you remember the videos I sent around before, like the chefs? Yeah. Yes, it's funny. Big up, shout out to them. Yes, it's funny. Um, they like they just like re reenact the whole scene with a different person. They kind of just they didn't do that one. I don't think. It's clever. They they like they nailed it. Yeah. They they absolutely nailed just the the, the yeah. sort of positioning of the hands. It was it was bang on. Yeah. Um, so check yeah. that gif out. Did you yeah, see, did you see the real clip though of him pushing aside the, the Montenegro? President, President or Prime Minister? Yeah, I didn't know who that bloke was, but I just saw him move away. Like, he was proper ropes. not a big dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, still, but it's still rude. Yeah. But I'm not condoning Trump. Trump just hands down. Pauses the pelzy, pushes aside, pauses the pelzy. Do you I see? Think, um, I, think yeah. this, sorry, I think this is fundamentally my, my issue with Trump, as well as just you know. He's a twice. Is, yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, without Trump, this is a he's a complete wanker, and I just fundamentally can't agree with that. Did you see uh, Katie Hopkins tweeted the GIF of Trump, or someone made a GIF of Trump pushing that bloke out of the way? The president or prime minister of Montenegro, not that bloke. And uh, Casey Hopkins had tweeted the gif and said something like, "Oh, I wish we had someone standing up for British people like this." As if that symbolises anything. <laughs> like, Imagine if just May was out there pushing people aside. Yeah, doing she a good job. Have it. I don't think she lives. You know. Do you find it was weird? Well, you, know, you know, you know when May went to visit Trump in America. Then they were walking out the um, the Oval Office and they were holding hands. Did you not want no, that bit weird? Trump grabbed her hand. Yeah, and, and I just rubbed that, it. That, that, no, they were holding hands when they were walking. It was it, weird. I, I don't get that. Like as gr- like I would never if I'm like at work with a woman uh, who's a client or something like that, I wouldn't be like, oh, should we hold hands on the way out? So it's just not something you do. Like unless you're like yeah, with, like, your, with your partner, Trump's crazy. with your family, maybe I don't know when you're young. Like it's not a thing you do in a professional circumstance. I just that's weird. Well, oh, Trump's not. a weird bloke. So that brings that brings us to Trump, who I, I think it makes it makes sense to start with him. He is the topic of world politics right now, which is a shame. Isn't it? He's a weird bloke, um, but he's the president, and he won. Um, Don't you think it's bad as well? But he's been he gets he pays people to piss on him, what? and that came out. What that came what? out allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. allegedly. I mean, come on, it's basically, it was basically no, it's not basically. And but he's like here. he's the leader of a free world essentially. And yeah, he's I'm not like, sure. I'm not sure that's true. But anyway, in a Russian hotel, like it's all just so weird. And the whole Russia ties as well. Like it's just so weird. I don't get it. What do I we think? Get it. <laughs> what do we think then? Because Trump rides a populist wave, much like other politicians around Europe and the world are. Populism, populism is a really interesting topic right now. Um, I think the the abandonment of the centre, the abandonment of the establishment. Sorry, just sorry, just quick one. I just watched Jay's Google populism. <laughs> it's no, it's an okay. interesting one though, because I think I think that, I think it is like the definition. It's not been, a bad it's, it's, thing, is it? But it was strange because okay. that word has been thrown about so much in the last year, but but like its definition, sort of. It's just as it stands alone. Yeah, as it well, stands alone. It's not a bad thing. The reason why I did it is just like, despite even being in the podcast and maybe people listening and be like, I've heard it loads. What does it actually mean? I don't want to be the guy who asks the stupid questions, but obviously we're here to answer oh, stupid yeah. questions. Yeah, yeah. Like if I said to you, Matt, what does populism mean? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that um, I have Googled it like recently. 
recently. Oh, okay, sorry. Isn't it? Isn't the definition something along the lines of? Um, I think it's it's, some... it's, it's it's like yeah. ah. <laughs> it's, it's, I, don't, I can't remember support, support for the concerns of ordinary people ordinary yeah, people yeah. Was so it's not necessarily a bad thing so where I was going was that populism is on the rise Trump has capitalised on that it's happening out, It's happening around the world do we think we are now in around the world an era of populism the abandonment of, of fact the abandonment of reality where all politics is kind of done on an emotional level because that's essentially what populists do they take an emotional issue be it sturgeon in scotland the issue of the, the 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 lives of the scottish people will be better outside of the united kingdom farage the lives of the british people will be better outside of the eu le pen the lives of the french people will be better when muslims aren't you know aren't in france etc is that where we are at now around the world but do you not think that with that you sort of you've sort of grouped up populism to be about those things, but in actual fact, populism can be about a lot of stuff. And just because it it's in the views of the people, like for the betterment of people, why is that a bad thing? I just think in the way that populism is being used in the current time is the difficulty we're having. So it's being used in a really bad way because they're kind of using people's fears mm. to then ride that wave That's of populism. Yeah, but then in, in other instances, you have airs of populism that are quite positive. In um, Holland, Bernie, in their, Sanders. Bernie Sanders won way of doing populism. In Holland, in their recent election, the left left wing candidate won on a on a sort of alternative wave of populism, which was actually against the existing wave of populism, which is around getting immigrants out of the country and stuff like that. So I think populism in itself isn't bad. It's just the way it's being used. It's a bit like pop music. Popular music isn't bad. Yeah. But if you churn out stuff based on a, like a certain rhetoric or a certain kind of formula. And a lot of it sounds a bit shit. Yeah. So, and I think Trump's rise. Who was it? It was one of you guys that said that they were doing some testing when he was initially a Republican candidate. Because if we look back, the Republican field was so fragmented. There, I think there were up to like twelve candidates mm-hmm. at one point, and Trump was the the outsider. The media covered him as almost a a joke, as in to say, "Isn't it interesting? Trump's literally going for this again." But he managed to tap into something where he knew immigration was the issue for him. And he and he kind of, he tapped into that and he ran with it. Because he's not a traditional Republican. I think he's he's almost backed Democratic candidates in the past. So He actually came out in like 1993 or something and said, if I was ever going to run for president, I'd run as a Republican. Cause, and these aren't the exact words, but it's the same sort of you know, intent because they're all a bunch of idiots and I could manipulate them in a way that means they'd all vote for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, more along the lines of said it'd be easier. Yeah. He could tell they're all sort of idiots and like No, no, it's, it's, it was genuinely as extreme as that concept. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I think that Trump's ability to kind of work on immigration is the issue is quite a scary one, I think. And in my opinion, I think that's what we saw around the world with, well, in the UK with Brexit, sort of in France with Le Pen, um, it's happened in other European countries. Um, but then you also have the, the counteracts to that, which is Trudeau in Canada and Macron in, in, in France. So You look at the travel ban, you look at the, um, or the sort of attempted travel ban, and you look at people's reaction to that across across the world, and it's quite, it's always one of those good things, because in the face of like adversity or in the face of poor choices by leaders, you always have a reaction from a, a good group of people. And I thought that was quite good with the travel ban, the kind of 
the world came together a little bit and said, this is not acceptable. Isn't um, it super interesting what Trump did, though, as an individual after the travel ban was put down? He fired Sally Yates, didn't he? He was like the attorney yeah. general at yeah. the time or something. And I think it's quite scary what's going on in America right now yeah. in terms of the power he's trying to exert as the executive against the other branches. Well, you look at, um, if you think six months ago, whenever the election was in the US. Are you talking about James Comey? Comey, sorry, yeah. not Comey. Yeah. And um, <laughs> if you look at, you know, the day of the election, he is Trump's best mate. Yeah. He's just come out and said that they're investigating Clinton for more email stuff, which, you know, the day before the election, I mean, come on, that's like, yeah. that's a last minute play, if anything. And yet, however many months later, he's on the receiving end of you're fired, yeah. you know, from Trump, which is <laughs> quite ironic, right, isn't it, he, really? He called James Comey a hero when he uh, leaked Hillary, or no, he said that Hillary Clinton was being investigated again sort of a week before yeah. the election. It's, it's, um, it's mad how he's played on that. Do but then as soon as there's an investigation into him about his ties to Russia, you know, i.e. piss tape. And, uh, <laughs> Pissgate. Pissgate, yeah. <laughs> and uh, suddenly the bloke's been fired and he's a disgrace and he, you know, couldn't do his job properly. Obviously, he was the one who leaked it. Do we he didn't leave the tape, no, no, but he's, the FBI were investigating Trump um, or Trump's staff for ties to Russia. Yeah. Okay, okay. And they still do it's Yeah, really it's, crazy. again, yeah. like, what yeah. is going on? Well, it's stuff. totally un diplomatic, is that the right term to use it? Because he's just, he's just going on his ego, isn't he? He's basically going, well, you helped me out then, so now you're best friend. No, you're not going to help me out soon. Oh, yeah. He's forcing his spokespeople to come out and back things that are contradictory and just oh, totally insane, which yeah. is not a great job for them. It's just chaos, isn't it? I, I can't... I, I mean, I try to stay on top of what's going on out there, but it's tricky. It's, I've found it really difficult mm. to just get my head around not just the, the craziness that is Trump just leave the country, but all the other bits and pieces that have gone with it. Um, whether he's on the attack or on the defence, I can just never tell. Um, and I also think the media, especially like the left-leaning media, people who are in the political bubble 24-7, it looks like chaos and it looks like how can he survive? And I guess the question is, will he survive? But what's interesting to me is the people that voted for Trump, they like the fact that he's pissing on all the people that run the establishment, so literally like the FBI. Sorry? Literally. Well, I don't know. Ask, ask Dan. I mean, <laughs> no, no, I he, he likes getting a... pissed on yeah, behind closed doors. Go Google's figuratively. He's, <laughs> he's the piss, the pissy, not the pisser. Yeah. So he, uh, people that voted for him like the fact he's in there, like, ruffling yeah, feathers yeah. and doing crazy stuff. So is he going to win? Is this, has he locked it in? Like, does he, he survive? Is he pissing off all the people above him, like the Senate? Like, because they obviously stopped that travel back. Who right? is above the president? Well, there's three so. separate branches. The executive, yeah. the legislature, and the judici judiciary. Judiciary. The judiciary. The judiciary. The judiciary. Yeah. Uh, he, those three, are supposed to keep each other in check. Yeah. So the idea is that the legislature can impeach the president. The, the, <laughs> the president appoints the Supreme Court. Yeah. And so it's all like... So basically, Congress, is Congress can impeach... Yeah. Donald Trump and that's where, basically I think that's that's the only way that he's out there yeah. if he although gets, if, Bill Clinton got impeached but then he, because he done the day didn't he oh he got impeached but, but, then they but then they didn't invoke him having to leave or something we should yeah. probably look that up so <laughs> Dan talk about the NATO meeting with Trump talk about like how he behaved there talk about 
how he kind of moved into that situation, the speech he gave, because I know you kind of had a few points on that. Thanks, thanks, Robbie. Um, I have not seen the speech. Um, uh, I thought you brought it up. No, well, no. I mean, I've seen the little gif of him just doing the pushing and the handshake. Then you basically seen the speech. That's all news. And, uh, so the gif was funny. Check that out. But um, aside from that, maybe it's a nice segue into NATO, NATO and about kind of like worldwide views on nuclear, on protection of countries. I think before we do that, though, just a quick word from our sponsor. No, I'm joking, we don't. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, yeah, do you have any I thought you were going to say George's social media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, um, yeah for any quick, social quick, media needs, check out George's social media. Quick fire round. Um, what does NATO stand for? Oh, North Atlantic I knew, Treaty. You, I knew you'd know. I was, oh, sorry. North Atlantic <laughs> Treaty Operation Syndicate. don't know what the O stands for. <laughs> Organisation, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you actually know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, um, I looked it up. Like, yeah, yeah I think there was a point I made to the boys the day. Yeah, there's a point I made to the boys the other day about um, like nuclear. It was mainly in relation to domestic or sort of the UK's current foreign policy. But for me, you know, everything that's going on across the world, there's a lot of really, as we're all very aware, a lot of bad stuff going on everywhere and on our fault, not as personally, but you know, our country's fault and also Eastern people's fault. And, uh, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, I basically, my view on nuclear weapons is that uh, we just, what is, you know, they're horrible, heinous, you know, weapons of mass destruction and they shouldn't be used by anybody, as I'm sure we'd all agree. I also don't think that us just having them, but telling everybody else not to have them is a, is a sort of uh, a realistic point of view. Like, how, you know, how arrogant is that? Do you so I think, think it's pragmatic? But what, so what, basically what we're saying is if somebody nukes us, we're just going to nuke them back and that's it. It's just everyone's going to die. Well, it's a like, deterrent, is, isn't it? It's saying... A deterrent from what? Other people nuking us? Yeah, it's it's saying that we have them and you have them. It's mutually assured destruction. Well, so they nuke our nukes. Sorry? Well, they nuke our nukes. Well, they nuke our nukes. Well, they nuke our nukes. How would they know where they're nuking us? No, no, that's not the way it works. It basically says if you launch a nuke at us, we're going to know, right? The things, things, things are going to ping off. Well, there's a nuke coming. We're going to nuke you. So, so you're finished and we're finished. Therefore, let's all chill out. And on your point about how can we have them and other countries not, I do think it's quite reasonable to say that democracies in countries like the United States, like the United Kingdom, like France, like, actually, I don't know if Canada have any, but France. We have an element of stability that certain other nations and regions don't. And you have to bear in mind that some of the forces going on in those countries, be it Iran, be it North Korea, you don't really want them to have the ability to use it. No, so, and don't a lot of those countries also not necessarily believe in democracy? And they're actually some of them are quite against democracy. So for us to say, because we have a democracy and because... We're, you know, we're calmer than you. We're not, we're, we're not going to nuke you. We're just saying to them, like we're belittling them as countries, and they're probably more likely than think, fuck you, Britain, you know, and your allies. And I also think when it, you take it outside of nuclear and you just look at, you know, kind of the presence of, uh, you know, the main allies of US, UK, France, Germany's troops across the ground, across the world. There are so many instances where we just shouldn't be in places and there is no reason for us to be there except for us to try and employ our 
and democratic values in these places that don't necessarily want them. I think for me, there's a view of get out of there, apologise for the, some of the you know, brutal, essentially murders through drone strikes and stuff like that in places like Syria, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, and just retreat and like, why can't we just let them get on? There are other instances like in Kosovo and stuff like that in the past where intervention has been necessary to stop genocide. And I'm all but that's happening that. in the Middle East as well, right? And in parts of Africa. Where's the genocide in the Middle East at the moment, except in Syria to an extent, maybe? No, maybe not. And genocide. our role in Syria is so confused because of the different forces at play, there's no clear strategy to bring that to an end. I think it has to be like some sort of really severe kind of, you know, version of genocide where it is imperative for a country to go in and save the pub, you know, that civilians' lives. But at the moment, we're not doing that. We're just drone striking areas to try and eradicate the, you know, terrorists. But actually, a byproduct of that is we're just killing civilians. And I'm, I'm sorry, but that's just not acceptable. And a lot of it stems, you know, allegedly, again, from this desire, this greed to either, you know, access new oil sources or to keep those relations open. We're still supplying arms to places like Saudi Arabia, which again is ridiculous. And I think just ultimately, the way we position ourselves morally, we don't necessarily act upon that, or the, the government aren't necessarily acting upon that. I've got that strongly, but I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> no, yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Any more? Cool, right. See you <laughs> later, guys. Having <laughs> episode two, so yeah. No, I do get the point. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just going to put the question out there then, off the back of that. Um, do you then think that on most occasion, occasions in the past 10, 20 years, our intervention has been immoral or on immoral grounds? I don't know, like 100% because I need to see the list of all Well, to the group, but, but like, like as, as you see it and as yeah. you, you know, rather than I'd like... I'd say generally over the past 20 years, in the rare instances that I saw a couple of examples today, uh, which I can't bring to the forefront of my mind, where it's like clear that the intervention was benefited the people in those countries because it's effectively we were using military force to save lives mm. whereas a lot of the instances in the last 20 years especially you know the main ones being Iraq, in Afghanistan. Iraq Afghanistan just what good has come out of that what good has come out of that at all and, and, I, and I, I don't view that as necessary the, the Iraq thing has been proven to be a bad, yeah, correct, decision, a bad move. Yeah, but then Afghanistan was like a byproduct of that, and then now we've kind of fallen into this trap of like ISIS and just eradicating ISIS, but just by drone striking loads of places. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's unnecessary and you know, bad move. There's 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 loads of moving parts to, to this whole yeah, thing. And I think remember when Dan you you said in the WhatsApp group the other day like, why don't we just take the approach of like you know uh, was it Switzerland you. Yeah. yeah. Example of and just say let's just stay out of it and then maybe it'll be fine. I think that's a academic way of putting it, but there is something to be said about this idea of of the, we have a power hungry nation and then and I wonder overall does it achieve more good than it sort of sorry achieve more bad than it does good because we always keep saying oh we're the fifth most powerful and, and you know. Maybe after Brexit, it would only be the sixth most powerful and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's like, why do we need to be fifth? What's wrong with being 17th or 18th? Like, if, well, I think if, there's if, an argument to say in the world as it stands, you need democracies and countries that will lead the agenda and lead world mm. politics and, and step in when something is inhumane or in a certain culture, parts of society are put down, be it disabled or women or any 
you know, I think there are countries that there are people in society that are persecuted. And as a leading democracy and a leading country, we have a responsibility to to help those people. Mm. Which I think I would be uncomfortable with us drawing back from personally. To link it kind of back into to the Trump and the, and the NATO thing, um, Trump has openly said that he has well, he's criticised other countries within NATO for not committing to the two uh, percent spend of GDP on defence. He's refused to back publicly. I think it's called Treaty Five or Article Five, Article which is five. Article Five. Yeah, which is the the clause that basically said if one NATO country is attacked, all of the NATO countries will come to their to their aid. I think the only time it was invoked in recent years was Afghanistan when. Um, uh, all countries, 9/11, wasn't it? Yeah, I think all countries in NATO sent troops to Afghanistan. Yeah. And I think pulling away from organisations like that when you have emerging or resurgent—is that the right word—countries um, such as Russia and North Korea um, and Iran, who may wish to promote a way of living or or, or a governmental style that um, that puts down minorities or people that. Are that, that maybe don't fit in with their ideology. And I do think that certain countries like the UK have a responsibility to remain present on the world stage. Yeah, yeah, very, very, very well put. Yeah, I guess. Can, we talk about, can we talk about, okay, we, we went deep there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got, got, shit got serious. Um, I'd like to lighten up a little bit and just talk about Trudeau and uh, Macron's. That was going to be uh, my next point, yeah. Well, okay, okay. well I'm, I'm making it. No, no, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> just about their newly formed bromance. I think with Barack Obama leaving the world stage, it's it's vital and important that we got two blokes with like a good, bit about uh, good dress sense, they look great, you know, yeah. they're, they're suave. It, it, it is nice to see them yeah, kindling just, some sort of yeah. bromance. Just some nice pictures of them just taking a walk. At the NATO convention, and just yeah. just having a little stroll around, and you're just like, yeah, go on, lads. They've learned you bitch about Trump, aren't they? Yeah, hundred percent. Hopefully, yeah. I hope Trump's intimidated by them. Yeah, I hope Trump is like, which is why I probably did the handshake thing. He was like, look at me, I'm a, I'm an alpha. I'm a yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. He, he sees from afar. He's got people sitting like, look at those guys. They're so alpha. Now I want to be alpha. Yeah. yeah. And then were they speaking French as well? Because I imagine just so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like common ground. Yeah, it was all just so romantic. Yeah, and then. Trump can't understand him, so it makes him even more furious. It kind of annoys me that we won't be part of that club. We won't be part of like the like swar. I can see Corbyn like if, if that was to happen. No, no, I can no. see Corbyn like enjoying a, a, yeah, lunch, a we, lunch with them. When like, we were chatting about it the other day, didn't somebody say like Corbyn would be like the dad? And then <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose he is like yeah. as we touched on earlier, like ancient. <laughs> um, yeah, probably mate. Never put down your ambitions politically. You have to be what thirty at least to run as an MP. Is that right? There's a Scottish MP oh, who's currently in Parliament. Oh, who's oh, to be Prime Minister. 23. Oh, no, sorry, to be President, you have to be 30. 35. Yeah, I forget her name, the SNP MP. Yeah, yeah. SNP MP. Yeah. She's... No, isn't she Labour? No, no. The, the blonde girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's SNP for sure. Ah, okay, okay. She unseated someone huge. Mm. Uh, I don't know who it was. Well, but... There's another 18 year old guy, right? That's Eli uh, Aldrich. Aldrich. He's, yeah. he's running against Tim Farron. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's Labour. Yeah. Is that right? He's, he's Labour. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I mean, going against the leader of the Dems when you're an 18 year old. 
Like, just what's going on? He's got a bit of. I mean, this isn't world politics at all, but he's he's got he's got a bit of momentum. I mean, it's it's all. It happened in. We can go down. It happened in 2015 with Ed Balls and with Vince Cable. All these like heavyweights got unseated, and um, Danny Alexander. I think that might have been in Scotland. Um, So it it can happen. There is a. What happens to the leader? To the leadership. If the leader is, they've got election. They got just. Do they just? Leader, what, so if yeah. Farron loses his seat in constituency, then he has to. He can't be. He can still the be leader. leader. Can he? Yeah, yeah. Because um, oh yeah, Paul Farage. Would, Paul yeah, Farage does. Yeah, no, that's seats, true. But, um, you'd, I suppose you'd, you'd lose a, a lot of respect. Bags yeah. of uh, confidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, you know, Farage is like. I think he's lost. Yeah, seven like, seven seven votes. Yeah, like in terms of him personally, he was like he never actually won anything, which was mental. Obviously, Brexit but different, but yeah biggest one of his career and he won that but anyway um, on the sort of note of um, Trudeau and Macron I think with France recently going up against you know the right the hard right of Le Pen I think it's interesting to see the way that the hard right is now such a, a clear political piece across the world and it, it brings in this note of nationalisation versus mm. globalisation yeah, yeah. as a view Robbie on there. I know you've got France. Well, well on just, just sorry to interrupt, but we were talking the other day, weren't we, about this uh, advanced political spectrum? Yeah. Which, taking into consideration nationalism and globalization, globalism. globalism? Well, yeah, it yeah, works. globalism. There's, there's now, it. it's not, it's not left and right. There's now a second axis uh, adjacent to that, coming down the middle, which is globalization and nationalism. Yeah. And, and you, you you can be on the le- on the left and be a globalist, and you can be on the left and be a the nationalist. Yeah. Yeah. Which which is which is arguably a lot of people would say Corbynist. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, you just like I think that's an interesting rather than saying like, yeah, unpack that unpack that idea because it, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think I think whether 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 Jason or Robbie just should elaborate on that because yeah, unfortunately we can't draw a diagram no, on a podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's um, nice, maybe we can. I think like when <laughs> when we uh, when we yeah. when we put this out, if it's on our Twitter, we'll have to reply with the GIF of the hands, the GIF of the walk, yeah. this yeah, graph. Yeah, yeah. We've true, got we've true. got loads of supporting documents. Yeah, follow yeah. us on Twitter at Hung Podcast. At Hung Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. Is it? Yeah, we got it. We've got zero followers right now, but you know. Well, we haven't even done anything. We've barely yeah. done podcasts. I mean, we're doing yeah, anyway. We don't exist. We digress. Yeah, digress. Um, so left to right, you got obviously. And then up and down would be up being maybe nationalist, down being globalist. And like, yeah. so for example, you've got David Cameron on the right slightly, uh, but but quite globalist. Yeah, quite a big supporter of globalist. Uh, Theresa May seems to be swinging all over the place. Yeah, but always remained quite heavy on the right, but obviously uh, backed Remain. Um, she didn't. She backed Trudeau, really, not like yeah. she did a little bit of tight, ever so slightly, but then immediately withdrew away from it. She really like tried yeah. to avoid because she knew she was. She knew. Yeah, um, I think the main thing with uh, nationalism is that that's more focused on, you know, trying to get rid of, you know, focusing on the people who were born in this country, yeah. focusing on, you know, how do we kind of keep if it's in Britain, like you know, keep Britain British and all Looking this sort of stuff. Your own and all exactly that, that that mindset. And whereas globalism is more inclusive, you know, more kind of an outwardly facing view where if there's people who are, you know, fleeing war. You you know within reason can kind of look to accept them and, and integrate them within society in a way that works, and so again I think there's that you know it's, I mean Robin made a good point the other day where we were chatting about how being right or left isn't about being right or wrong in the same way being globalist and being a nationalist isn't right or wrong, mm. 
but there are elements within those things which are clearly sort of, you know, uh, a more open and inclusive more view open, to, to life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's where a globalist versus a nationalist. And I think that's the spectrum that dominates world politics now. Yeah. And I think if you look at all the elections, even this one to an extent, with the the Lib Dems kind of positioning themselves as the the open, tolerant globalist party, anti Brexit. And then you go to France and sort of Macron versus Le Pen. I mean, Macron's not left wing. He's centrist, I think. I, I don't know enough personally about him, like 100%, but he, he will have policies that are very free market. Free market sometimes finds itself on the right of the spectrum because it's make uh, government smaller, you know, give more power to the private sector. So he's like that. He's a globalist, whereas Le Pen was very much close the borders, you know, let's look after the French people. Trump was the same. So I think world politics, world, world politics is going to be dominated by that for quite a while. I think the implications on our country as well within the UK, uh, the, the Scotland question is unanswered. I think the Scotland question is ginormous. In Scotland as well, there's like uproar about that. Like I was just watching, the, I think it was a, a Scottish question time or just regular question time or some, some sort of panel with all the Scottish um, like yeah. leaders of the different parties. At some point, audience. was it was hard Brexit? Said <laughs> potentially, <laughs> and uh, the, the the audience were laying into Sturgeon for having the cheek to call a second referendum about it, and they were saying that she's detached from the reality of Scotland now, and that there was a nurse saying, you know, come into a hospital, not on a scheduled visit, not when everyone's waving open the doors, come in and just a regular day and see the state of what's going on. And it was really interesting because I think for us as as uh, kind of English guys, we see Sturgeon as quite, um, and again, not to speak on other people's behalf, but like I definitely see Sturgeon as quite a strong leader, one who seems to be doing quite well for Scotland and definitely has brought the SNP, you know, taken Labour's share of that, um, that nation, that region, and really kind of owned that for them. But yet in Scotland... She's under a lot of pressure at the moment. And, and again, I think she, I don't know where she stands on the left to right, global to... I think know, SNP are quite centre-left. They're, well, they're, they're left yeah. on a lot of issues. But, yeah. but, but some of it feels a little bit right. Point, if they're, they're fighting for Scottish national independence, but yet she's very much like, we want to remain in the EU as well. So yeah, it's funny. Exactly. The SNP and a lot of political parties around the world and a lot of movements around the world are now dominated by the, are we outward-looking, are we inward-looking? The SNP is a funny one because they're kind of... They want Scotland to disengage from the UK, but then they want Scotland to be an outward-looking, pro-EU country. So it's, it's, it's confusing for voters, it's confusing for me, it's confusing. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. It, it, politics is, it seems now around the world, it's so fragmented in terms of where certain parties stand on issues. And I think that can actually be quite a disengaging thing for people. It can make people turn away from it because they don't actually understand where parties align for them because for example like I'm an outward looking personally pro-EU globalist kind of guy but I would not consider myself like left wing I would not consider myself on the right either I would consider myself quite centrist so when you're looking for a party that encapsulates your views it's so tricky yeah, yeah. I think a big thing for me across the world is that everybody seems to be looking for like perfection or for like a party that does everything right and that answers all of your views and you know, really just that's not possible. Like it really isn't. Like there, it's kind of there will not be a party that can tick all the boxes. But it's about looking at the options and kind of working out which ticks the most boxes for you based on your views, your morals, your perspective. Mm. 
and I think across the world, unfortunately, we're getting people are getting drawn into these right-wing nationalist parties because they because none of the others tick all the boxes. They tick the most extreme box, and therefore that's where people are going. And I think that's where this rise of the right has come from because as politics has shifted over the years, and I say that as you know, a mid-20s bloke who wasn't around before that, but <laughs> you know, there's, there seems to be less of definitive choices in the, in the main parties for people now. So because these kind of like more extreme parties appear, that seems to be an easier choice for them, one that ticks a big box yeah, rather a big than box. a few little ones. Yeah. And it, maybe that's where the, the rise of the right, so to speak, or the re-rising of the right has, uh, has come from. Well, to bring that around quite nicely to what we started off with, there was like potentially populism. That's the big yeah. box that's being ticked by some of these parties. That's their focus. Is it's, and that's what you were saying, like the rise of populism. It's simple solutions to complex problems, yeah. in my opinion. Mm. Yes or no answers to yeah. Your life is not great. It is the fault of A, the UK, mm. B, Muslims, C, uh, the EU. Mm. Like they'll they'll pick something. Trump, yeah. the Mexicans, or you know, yeah, so yeah. they'll they'll pick something and promise promise a better world. Yeah. And who do you? Where, I feel like it's chicken and egg as well. With who decides that's going to be the thing that does it? Is it? The part is, or is it the media? Because I genuinely yeah, think that I genuinely think that the media are the ones who pick out certain messages, blow them up, and then the party ride that wave. And I don't know if they actually start. I think it's different with Le Pen in France, but I don't. You know, for instance, with the Conservatives, Conservatives' view isn't all about immigration. You know, it's not about that. And yet, for a long time, it was being splashed around the papers that that was their kind of big view. And I think that's just that chicken egg thing. Mm. Um, you know, I think the chat about the media is probably a, a oh, we're going to do it. Oh, well, yeah, sure. I think yeah. maybe that's time to save that. Yeah, we'll probably save that for, a, for another podcast. But you are correct. Yeah. The media does play play a big role in that. Um, I think we're we're kind of coming to the end of, of of this podcast. I think we could again. There's so much to talk about when it comes to world politics and our view on it and. and how it affects us, unless anyone's got any, you know, points they want to throw into the arena, we'll wrap it Just up. I miss Barack. I miss Barack. Yeah, I miss Barack. Barack. Barack will pop up. They all pop up some way. He'll pick an issue and he'll he'll yeah. start some fresh group. And with I'll, a back to front cap on. And I'll, and I'll, I'll join it. I'll join it. I'll be helicoms and. I'm still waiting for Nick Clegg to do something so I can join Nick Clegg's. Yeah, Nick yeah Clegg is Clegg is the guy. We'll do a whole other podcast. Just, on that's that's not the. That's not that <laughs> yeah, we'll do a whole podcast. Just, just quickly, that that is the view of Robbie George and Robbie George alone. Yeah, that is yeah, not the so. collective view of the hunk. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Um, you made this far. Appreciate it. Episode three will be coming at you hard at some point in the near future. Topics TBC, but um, check our socials. Check our socials at Hung Podcast. I feel, I feel like I feel like Brexit slash the media. Oh, there's tons of stuff to do. Yeah, yeah um, this is obviously, as we said at the beginning of episode one, this is a new project for us. We're, we're kind of experimenting with it. We've never done a podcast in our lives. so They're actually <laughs> well harmed, just in well case if anybody tell. wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks for listening. If you have, you know, the, the, the hope for this is, as, as we said, we're not experts. <laughs> we're, we're just trying to talk around the issues and, and hope that helps people engage with it. 
as we have been doing. Um, say goodbye, Matt. See you later. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye. Say goodbye, Jace. Goodbye, Jace. And bye. <laughs> 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 <